I'm, I'm in a mystery about something. I cannot understand why this building is not filled every Sunday. It's a wonderful place, isn't it? Yeah. Wonderful place. I love this place. Uh, visitors are here today. If you're visiting with us, would you raise your hand, please, just a moment? If you're visiting with us. There's one. One back there. Let's give them a big hand, will you? One down here. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Now, listen, we love visitors here at Fellowship Baptist Church. We want you to come back again. You're an honored guests. We love you. Thank you for coming. Now, this is an important announcement. Five o'clock nominating committee meeting right here at the church. Finalize some things. Get it ready for the new church calendar year. Nominating committee meeting here at five o'clock today. Tonight's message, six o'clock. Our God deserves to be praised. I want you to hear that. Our God deserves to be praised. But for the morning message, if you will, please look at James chapter four. James chapter four. I love messages, not sermons. Any preacher can throw a sermon together in an hour or so and rattle it off and alliterate and all the rest of it and point. And that's not uh, what people need today. Messages come from experiences of life, from the heart, from the soul. This is the message today. So if you look at James 4, verses 13 through 15. Good to see you, everyone. God bless you today. James 4, 13 through 15. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue their year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Here's the message. Reminded of what really matters. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the joy of being here. My good crowd and wonderful atmosphere of worship, good singing, and oh, I thank you for it. So many places do not have that anymore, and yet we're so blessed and privileged that we're here in this place. Holy Spirit, be our preacher. Share with us wonderful words of life. Not only serve people, but change their lives. And dear Lord, I'll praise you for all you do. For asking in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you and be seated. This past Tuesday afternoon, I was reminded of what really matters. I took Miss Wanda to see the hematologist in Cartersville. And uh, when he came in the room, he had a solemn look on his face. And he walked over to us and he said, I think the two of you need to understand something. If Miss Wanda had had the surgery back on August 22, she would have bled to death. He said uh, there is a protein deficiency in her blood, and her blood is not clotting. And he said you would have lost your wife if she had went on with the surgery August 22. All of a sudden, we weren't complaining anymore about why she didn't have it. We weren't questioning God. Tears welled up in our eyes, we held hands, and we praised the living God Amen. for knowing what he's doing. Now here's the thing. I realized then and there, all over again, what really matters. A lot of things I thought mattered kind of drifted off to the side, and three things floated up to the surface that I looked at that really matters to me. And I think these things will really matter to you. Let's look at them, if you will, please. First of all, faith in God. That's everything. 
That's the foundation of your life, your well-being, and your future, where you are with God. Amen. Have faith in God. Now, here's the thing. Uh, is God really in existence? Is He really there? Is He really who He says He is? Does He really care as He promises He does? Have we been duped into believing a cosmic lie that this being exists somewhere up in the heavens? How do you know he exists? You've never seen him. How do you know heaven is there? You've never been there. How do you know he cares? What if you, after living all your life, you come to these church services, you give your money, you do this, you do that, you try to live a life that pleases the Lord, and then after you lived your life and you go down to the end of it all and you look to this God you say you believe in and he's not there. You're alone. You thought he would be there to help you cross over to the other side, but he's nowhere to be found. How do you know God exists? How do you know God cares? It is by this one thing, by faith. Amen. Jesus said in Mark 11, 22, have faith in God. Hebrews 11, 6, it is impossible without faith to please God. This matters more than anything else. I hope you realize this, ladies and gentlemen. It certainly came to my mind, and I was reminded of it. My faith in God matters more than anything else in all the world. More than so many things I thought mattered. We're balancing my checkbook or doing this or paying that bill or running this errand or taking care of this business or going over here, going over there, making plans for the future. That all just drifted off the side. Didn't seem to matter anymore. The thing that mattered more than anything else to me was my faith in God. And I hope you see life that way as well. If you don't have that straight, it doesn't matter what else is going on in your life. When you get through living your life, you'll be filled with regret. Live your life with faith in God. That's what matters more than anything else. Have faith in God. There's first of all saving faith. Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. Listen, it is the gift of God. God gave you the ability to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a gift. You could not do that on your own. You would have never come to Christ. But He opened your blinded eyes through the preaching of the gospel, the glorious light of it all. You saw yourself a sinner, and Jesus is the Savior. And you were enabled supernaturally by the Holy Spirit to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's called saving faith. Thank God for saving faith. Now that's something God did for you. You could have never done that yourself. Then there's serving faith or living your life for the Lord Jesus Christ by faith. Colossians 2, 5 says there should be the steadfastness of our faith. You know what that indicates? It is a maintenance program. This is something you do. Now the Holy Spirit generates that, enables you to even live your life daily by faith in God, but you have a part in that. You must maintain that daily faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Not for salvation, but so you can live a good quality life and enjoy your life in fellowship with the Savior. It's a life lived by faith, is it not? Everybody exercises faith of some kind. You get up in the morning and you start to put your feet on the floor and by faith you hope they'll hold you up. 
You get up, you get dressed, you go out, you turn the key and the ignition on the car. By faith, you hope the thing starts. You go down the first intersection and it's a four-way stop. And by faith, you trust that the others coming in your direction, they're going to stop and let you go on by. You live by faith, a lot of faith, all day long. But there's faith in God, faith in God for your daily living. That's where the quality of it is. Amen. That's where the peace and joy of it is. Knowing he has everything under control. I want to tell you something. I was reminded last Tuesday afternoon that a whole lot of things I thought mattered doesn't really matter that much. What really matters is where I am with God and where you are with God. Have faith in God. Amen. That's it. Have faith Amen. in God. It's wonderful. Second Thessalonians 2.13 talks about your faith growing exceedingly. Let me ask you a question. Are you closer to God than you were a year ago? Does He mean more to you than He did a year ago? Do you love people more than you did a year ago? Is it harder to upset you than it was a year ago? Are you able to deal with problems and burdens more like a Christian than you were a year ago? If not, you're not growing in faith. Our faith is to grow and flourish and develop and we are to be mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. I love our children here. Ada May and uh, all the rest of them. And uh, my goodness, these kids, they're something. And, and I thought about Ada May. What if she stayed the same size? Ribs and I talked about Ada May some, that was my mother-in-law's name, Ada May. But what would you think if Ada May came out here and she was among us in five years from now, she is the same size. Be something wrong with Ada May, wouldn't it? Right. Not growing. Right. Oh, it's wonderful to see them a little like this, but they grow up, and they grow up so fast. It won't be long, uh, Jesse and Jessica, they'll be dating, and then you'll pull your hair out, and you'll walk forward and say, 10 o'clock, you better be home at 10 o'clock. But they grew up so quickly. Right. But it would be abnormal if that child stayed the same size all the time. Amen. Something wrong with them. Something wrong with you if you stay the same size spiritually all the time. Right. You've got to grow in grace. You say, well, I'm just who I am. That's the problem. We need to grow in grace and be more like the Lord Jesus. You ought to be more like the Savior now than you ever have been in your life. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, uh, Peter 3.19. Growing in grace. Something wrong with a child of God that stays the same all the time. Cantankerous, can't get along with them, ill, don't grow, don't love, don't care, in and out. Something wrong with that. We're to all be coming up more like our Savior than ever before. Growing in grace, that's wonderful. And so the first thing, the first thing that matters more than anything else in your world, whether you know it or not, is your faith in God. There's a second thing that flowed up to the surface. I looked at it. In that doctor's office, sitting there weeping, holding my darling's hand. And the second thing that floated up to my mind was family. Family. That matters. That matters more than anything else. You and your faith in God, that matters. Family. Ephesians 3.15, and the whole family, heaven and earth is named. If you have your wife beside your husband beside you today, hold their hand and tell them you love them. You can do it right now if you want to, but don't get too much in here. It'll interrupt service. 
By the way, if you tell them you love them, they may pass out. They hadn't heard it in three weeks. <laughs> Family. Family. Family's everything. If you lose your family, you've lost it all. Family's everything. Cherish your family. Love your family. Stay close to your family. Your family should take on a whole new meaning every week that goes by. Love them. Cherish them. Honor them. My oldest son, Michael, who lives in Alabama, there's something special about that boy. You can get around him. There's a glow about him. He lives in Alabama. <laughs> Wonderful kid. Michael lives in Alabama. He called and he said, Dad, I need to talk to you. I always grab my wallet when you come. I need to talk to you, Daddy. He said, Dad, I need to talk to you. You've got a problem. I said, Anything you need. My family had taken on a whole new meaning this last Tuesday. All of a sudden, it was much more precious now. It wasn't just another phone call. It was my son, my family. He said, Dad, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. I wasn't multitasking that day. I wasn't doing this and that while I was talking to him. He had my undivided attention. All of a sudden, family has taken on a whole new meaning. Family means everything. And we talked a while. Ephesians 3.15 speaks of the family circle. Think of your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Will the circle be broken in heaven or will they all be there? Now you can't think of anything more important than that. That's what matters most is your family. Not where you're going to eat lunch today. Not what you're going to do this evening. I know what you're all going to do this evening. You're going to be in church tonight at 6 o'clock. Am I right? Everybody right here. I'm daydreaming. Some of you won't come. You won't come if I pay you to go. But I still love you. But here's the thing. Family. What you're doing today, what you've got planned for tomorrow, next week, or next month, it's not that important. What's important is you have your family with you right now. Make the most of your family right now. If you're ever going to tell them anything, tell them today. If you're ever going to do anything for them, go ahead and do it today. If you're ever going to spend time with them, spend it today. You don't know what tomorrow holds. That's what our text says. James said, don't go out the door saying, well, I'm going to do this tomorrow and I'm going to do that next day. You don't know. Your life's like a vapor. It's here and gone instantly. You were here and gone. You are no more in this life. You look over at the dinner table and there's an empty seat. The family member's not there anymore. Whatever you have to do, whatever you'd like to do, whatever you want to say, do it and do it now because that's what matters most. Your family matters more than anything else. I can't wait to get out of here. I'm going to drive home, break the speed limit, and I'm going to hug my wife when I hit that door and chase her all over the house. I love my family. I said I love my family. Amen. 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 Love your family. You can teach them a lot of things. You can leave, leave them a lot of things. You can leave them a wealth and inheritance. You can leave some things behind. But if you don't teach them about life's real meaning, you fail. Amen. Teach them what really matters. Your faith in God, your family, staying together, loving each other, 
Someone said this, the best thing a father can do for his children is stay in love with their mother. Amen. Amen. Treat that woman like a queen. <laughs> fellow went to a seminar about how to be a better husband, and he hadn't been a very good one at the time. And the fellow who was in charge of the seminar said, go home and tell your wife you love her and embrace her and give her a kiss. This fellow hadn't done that. And so he got home, went in the kitchen. His wife was cooking and getting ready for the meal. And he went up to her and he said, Honey, I love you. And he gave her a kiss on the cheek. She said, Well, that just happened. She said, I've had the worst morning ever. She said, I, I burned the chicken. I dropped my favorite casserole dish. And now you've come home drunk. <laughs> Try it anyway. You might not have been doing it, but get back into it. Amen. You might like it, and she might as well. The third thing and final thing is Fellowship Baptist Church. That, float, that floated to the surface, Wayne. I, I saw what really mattered to me right there that afternoon in that doctor's office when he looked at me and looked at her and said, if she had had that surgery, you wouldn't be holding her hand right now. She would be dead. Three things came to service. My faith in God, my family, and Fellowship Baptist Church. Now, I'm a pastor without apology. I'll be gone next week, but I'm still not an evangelist. That fellow's a pastor, I'm a pastor, I tell them up there. I don't come up here with evangelistic sermons. I'll come up here with pastoral sermons, and I'll try to help your congregation. I'm a pastor without apology. That's what I do. I think of you, I dream of you, I eat, sleep, breathe you. It's all. I don't come in here and catch up with you and say, well, I'm going to be with them today. I'm with you seven days a week all the time. This is my life. This is not something I do on the weekend. This is not an occupation. This is my life. Amen. This is it. Amen. I'm not interested in the church down the street or across town. I only care about what's going on here and what will work here, what you respond to here, what will help us grow here and go forward with the glory of God. That's all I care about is Fellowship Baptist Church. I'm single-minded. I'm one-dimensional. That's all I have on my mind is every one of you. You call me anytime you want to. I prefer not two or three in the morning, but if you have to, go ahead. Call me anytime. Vance Havner said this about pastor and family. He said, every time we meet, we ought to act as though it's the first time, could be the best time, might be the last time. And it will be the last time someday. But you remember when we first met six years ago almost? It was the first time, pastor and people. Building was filled. People were excited. I mean, we were all together. And praise God, the Lord had brought this wonderful relationship together. And the building was filled that morning, that night, and back Wednesday night, a good crowd. And that went on for a number of months. Then it kind of trickled down a little. You know why? Because familiarity breeds contempt. That is, taking it for granted. Pastors need to understand that. That doesn't hurt my feelings. I know after you get used to this pretty face, you kind of take it for granted. You say, well, Brother Ron's here. Yeah, just another sermon. Just another Sunday. But it wasn't that way at the beginning. Oh, to recapture that first Sunday. Wouldn't that be wonderful? 
Well, act like it's the first time. I doubt if you'll do that. I'm just being realistic. It's real me to death. If you did, I might have a heart attack if you did. But anyway, we ought to be acting like it's, man, it's, it's wonderful to be together. There's our preacher, and he loves us, and we love him. And ain't no telling what God might do today. Oh, it ought to be like the first time. Amen. Could be the best time. One day it'll be the last time. I'm going to give it everything I've got every time I come in here. I'm not waiting for a better Sunday. I'm going to give it everything I've got every time I come in because I might not get to come in anymore. And you ought to do the same thing. Give it your heart, soul. What are you waiting for? You say, well, I'm waiting for a better Sunday. Oh, this is the best Sunday ever because this is the only one you have to promise of. Do it today. If you're going to do anything for God, if you're going to make any decision for God, if you feel like God wants you to do something, what in the ever-loving world are you waiting on? Go ahead and do it today. This is the only day you have any promise of. Do it. Do it today while you can. I don't want to have any regrets. If I get sick and can't get well, if something happens to me and I could never come back for some reason. I don't want to look back on these days, these years, and say, man, I can't go back now. I wish I'd have given it more. I wish I'd have loved on them more. I wish I'd have poured more heart and soul into it. Now I can't, because I can't go back. But I'm here today, and I'll give it everything I've got, because it's all I've got any promise of. I'll ask you something in conclusion. What really matters to you? What matters to you? Plan, things, going here, going there, doing this, doing that. Everybody does that. That's fine. But that, I promise you, if your life comes up before you and you think, well, I don't have tomorrow with them, I'm not sure, that'll kind of drift off the side and the things that really matter will float up in your face. And I hope it's this, where I am with God, where I am with my family, and where I am with my church. That's what matters most. Let's back for prayer. Our musicians are coming. Now this is real to get. I was reminded of what really matters. All the time, this is what matters. This morning service, this time right now, with all of you. I wish I could pull every one of you up into my heart and just keep it there and hold you and love you. And you'd be amazed. You'd say, I didn't know a man could love a congregation like that. But it's not me. It's the love of God. I'm not that loving by nature, but it's the love of God. But what really matters? Where are you with the Lord in your faith? Are you growing? Are you maturing? Are you developing? Are you becoming a better Christian for the glory of God? Are you just marking time? The Lord wants all of you. He gave all of himself for you. How many of you, first of all, could say, Preacher, you talked about faith in God's saving faith. I know for sure Jesus Christ 
gospel lives in my heart. I'm saved and I'm sure. And if I died today, I'd go straight to heaven. Preacher, I'm saved and sure. Can I see your hand, please? I know the Savior. I know the Savior. God bless you. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You can put them down. Preacher, I'm not sure if I died today that I'd go to heaven. I've thought about it. I've wondered what would happen to me if I died. I don't know if I'll make any decision today. But preacher, I do want to be remembered in prayer. I don't want to miss heaven and go to hell. Preacher, pray for me. Lift your hand. I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure. God bless you. Preacher, God spoke to my heart, challenged me in a simple little message. And God knows why I'm raising my hand. Maybe I need to grow in grace more. Apply my life more to His glory. Quit marking time, warming a few, just sitting around. God spoke to me about that. Or some of you came in here with a special need. These are difficult days to live in. Preacher, I've got a special need. God knows what it is. Bigger than I am, I can't handle it myself. And I need God to help me with this problem. Whatever your need is, whatever you're raising your hand, God knows what it is. But just say, Preacher, God spoke to me. Lift your hand up today. God bless you and you and you and you. So many of you. Let's stand if you will, please. Now I want you to do something. I want you to come down here and kneel at the front with the Savior. And say, Lord, here I am. And this is why I'm coming. This is what matters to me. Nothing matters more than this. Not getting home for dinner. Not 12.30 or 1 o'clock this afternoon. But this is all that matters. And I'm coming. Whatever you need to do, you come today. Roger, what are we singing?
name, we'll sing another verse in a moment. You may be thinking about church membership. You're welcome to come. But listen, I was reminded what matters most. You think I wasn't moved when I thought about losing my wife back in August if she had had the surgery? I wouldn't have her today. She wouldn't be with me anymore. Now that's as real as it gets. I'm thankful I still have her. Thankful I have a family. I'm thankful I have you. If you just want to come and thank God for something He's done for you recently, I mean, you're about to burst just to come down here and thank Him. Wherever you want to do it, this is your time. Last verse, God bless you while we sing. It's 
they live today, we can hear the spirit of them. Amen. Amen. And this is where I think I belong. Amen. Well, well, we'll, we'll give you a week to pray about it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get in here next Sunday and come on down here and join the church. Yeah. I have a daughter that, uh, I have four children, have ten grandchildren. We have uh, nine that's walking and one that's flying. Yes, and um, so then we have 14 great grandchildren. They have a ball team. We got the ball team. Bring the whole team. Bring the whole team. But one daughter lives in Florida and she has gone back to the old home church because I've only been here since 1978. I brought my children here. But God has really been on top of us since we've been yes, here. And um, so she's joined the church down there singing in the choir, and it's wonderful for her. She yes, has a son that is headed to prison. We can't fix that. But he's saved too now and doing good. And so God's just really moving in my Amen. 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 Bring them all. Bring them all. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. When I come down to Christ, we're new here too, and I, you know, I don't know a lot of people here because the first thing I want to find out, I want to find out what to say for. Amen. First of all, I want to find out about herself. Yep. <laughs> you know, and I asked her, she said, yes, she knew that she just saved but she just needs to be there to take uh, Amen. And so we can see from that. Never assume right. when someone comes down that they're safe. Right. Never assume. Oh, and it's okay to ask. Nominating committee, six o'clock evening service.